There are a number of important pieces you need in order to engage in gaming or esports. Namely, the game itself, a gaming device or console, and a screen or monitor. Now, it's impossible to play esports without these pieces coming together. As of 2021, North America accounted for over 106 million console-using gamers. That's more than 42% of the global console gaming audience. Europe was ranked second with about 99.6 million users. In this episode, we take a look at gaming consoles and the reasons why you may opt for one over the other. My name is Jephthah Kobidonko and this is Respawn on EAN. Now, let's start off with the PlayStation, commonly known as the PS. Um, and this is a home video console developed and marketed by Sony Computer Entertainment. Now, the first PlayStation console was released in 1994 by Sony Computer Entertainment. Now, the PlayStation 1 was a new generation of 32-bit consoles, which signaled Sony's rise to power in the video game world. Also known as the PS1, the PlayStation 1 used compact discs, heralding the video game industry's move away from cartridges. Now, after a failed venture with Nintendo to release a PlayStation as the Super Nintendo Entertainment System CD in the early 1990s, Sony made the decision to market its own console. The PlayStation was released in Japan in December 1994, and it made its American debut in September 1995. Both releases elicited critical acclaim and made impressive sales. Titles such as Twisted Metal and Ridge Racer were very popular. By 2005, the PlayStation had become the first console ever to ship a hundred million units. The original PlayStation continued production until March 2005, when it was eclipsed by the next generation of 64-bit consoles including Sony's own PlayStation 2, which is commonly known as the PS2, introduced in the early 2000s. Now, the PS2 offered an ability to play over the internet, which combined with the most extensive line of games ever marketed for a console and led to its sale dominance over its 64-bit rivals, Sega Dreamcast and the Nintendo GameCube. Between the PS2 and PS3 devices, Sony decided to launch its first handheld device in PlayStation history with the PlayStation Portable back in 2004. Now, unlike Nintendo and its conservative approach to handheld power, Sony took the brute force approach by offering a processor that was closer to the Dreamcast and PS2. This resulted in many ports of contemporary home console titles. Now, the PSP also delivered features like Sony's memory card Pro Duo format for storage, a built-in web browser, and a large LCD screen. Toss in multimedia playback functionality and Wi-Fi, and you had a feature-packed handheld for the time. Now, Sony would go on to launch several PSP revisions during its lifetime. The first was the PSP Slim, featuring a sleeker design, USB charging, and, a, and double the RAM and storage. Now, we also saw the PSP 3000, which featured a better screen and integrated mic, the PSP Go with a slide-out gamepad, no UMD drive, and 16GB of internal storage, and finally, the PSP Street, which ditched the Wi-Fi. 
Now, in fact, PlayStation 2 went on to ship a hundred million units faster than any of its predecessors or contemporaries. But however, the next installment of the PlayStation consoles, which is the PlayStation 3, released in 2006 and 2007, do not enjoy the same initial success as the earlier incarnations of the console. With ongoing competition from Microsoft Xbox 360 and the Nintendo Wii. Sony followed up on the PSP with the PlayStation Vita in 2012, and it makes a strong argument for being one of the most technologically impressive handheld consoles of all time. Now, it featured a gorgeous OLED screen, dual analog sticks, and a slick design, and the Vita definitely made a favorable first impression. Now, the big selling point with the new handheld was a rear trackpad, which allowed you to control various elements of a game by touching the back of your machine. In fact, this is essentially the same GPU as the iPad 3, although with a couple of tweaks. Other notable features included a gyroscope, front and rear cameras, and optional 3G connectivity. Now, the PlayStation, origin, the PlayStation Vita originally shipped with no meaningful internal storage which forced users to buy memory cards to store digital downloads and saves. Unfortunately, Sony opted for expensive proprietary storage media, starting at $20 for a 4GB memory card, all the way to $100 for a 32GB card. Even a measly 16GB card retailed for $60 at the time of launch. No wonder third-party adapters surfaced, which allowed you to use the SD cards. Sadly though, the PS Vita was a notable flop. It sold just over 16 million units to date, according to VG charts. Meanwhile, the Nintendo 3DS had sold or has sold over 75 million units, according to the Japanese company's website. In other words, even the Nintendo GameCube, which lagged behind the PS2 and Xbox in terms of sales, outsold the Vita. This makes it the least successful console in PlayStation history. Now, in 2013, Sony released the PlayStation 4, a next-generation console designed to compete with the Xbox One. Critics and players embraced the new platform, which boasted outstanding graphics and a smooth online multiplayer experience. The PS4 also doubled as a Blu-ray player and a media streaming device and Sony's PlayStation Now subscription services provided access to hundreds of current and legacy games. Sony entered the expanding virtual reality market with the release of the PlayStation VR in October 2016. Now, the PSVR system included a PS4 as well as a VR headset and controllers. The PSVR was priced well below similar PC-based... PC-based... The PSVR was priced well below similar PC-based VR systems, leading many to assume that it would make significant inroads into the market. But sluggish sales across the VR industry led analysts to drastically downgrade their expectations. Now, one big downer was that the PS4 didn't support older PlayStation titles such as the PS3 and PS2 libraries. Now, instead, some games were re-released as classic titles for digital download. This was in sharp contrast to the Xbox One, which offered backward compatibility with loads and loads of Xbox 360 
and original Xbox titles. Sony also introduced a revised DualShock 4 controller with the new console, featuring a trackpad, a light strip on the back of the gamepad, and a share button so users can quickly share screenshots and videos. Sony later launched the PS4 Slim and PS4 Pro in 2016, with the former offering a thinner, more compact design. Now the PS4 Pro upped the ante with much faster CPU clock speeds, beefed up graphics, and 4K gaming support via checkerboard rendering. Sony's latest console, which is the PS5, represents another major step forward in terms of tech. Now the Achilles heel of the PS4, which was the CPU, which was actually built with low-end tablets and netbooks in mind, um, was changed, was upgraded in a big way with the PS5 using an octa-core AMD Zen 2 CPU paired with RDNA2 graphics and 16 gig of GD, GWDR6 RAM. Perhaps the biggest upgrade comes in the storage arena as the PS5 adopts a super fast custom NVMe M2 SSD which is 825 gig. Now this enables lightning fast loading times in games even in open world titles. Sony has also focused on audio with the new console with its so-called Tempest Engine tech, enabling more immersive audio effects when used with headphones. Now, another noteworthy feature in this generation is hardware-based ray tracing, which allows for more realistic lighting and reflection effects. Now, this graphical technique wasn't quite possible on earlier consoles and was limited to high-end gaming PCs at first. The PS5's horsepower means it delivers native 4K gameplay for many games compared to the PS4 Pro's checkerboard or upscaled 4K for most titles and the PS4's 1080p support. Now, Sony's newest machine is also bringing 60 frames per second and even 120 frames per second gameplay to the table for smoother performance. Now, the gamepad got a major overhaul in this generation, now called the DualSense controller. Now, the biggest change here is the addition of shoulder triggers that can simulate resistance. Now, Sony cites the example of drawing an arrow with a bow. While the upcoming Deathloop will physically lock the gamer's trigger if your gun jams in-game. Another neat controller addition is improved haptic feedback, allowing you to feel more subtle effects um, like the pitty-patter of rain than just simple vibration. Now the PS5 is available in two variants, with both featuring the same horsepower and 825GB SSD. The standard model comes with a 4K Blu-ray disc drive and it goes for a whopping or a cheap depending on where you're coming from $499 while the $399 variant lacks a physical disc drive and relies on digital downloads only. This is my reminder that I need to inform you about those who are making it possible for us to bring you Respawn on EAN, Digital Store Ghana where you can purchase all things related to your PlayStation account and PlayStation Store, Stats GH, Tema Esports Club and Falcon GH. We are also coming to you in collaboration with ROG which is an esports organization in Cameroon. Continuing the conversation, we are going to take a look at Microsoft's Xbox, 
which was released as Microsoft's first foray into the gaming console market November 15, 2001 in North America, followed by Australia, Europe, and Japan in 2002. Now, Microsoft really leaned into the X branding for the original Xbox console because of the Microsoft DirectX technology on which it was based. The whole console is designed around the letter with a massive lime green logo in its center showing its name. But despite the stylized look, the console had a very functional design overall with four controller ports on its front, an internal power supply, and of course, a built-in Ethernet port for Microsoft's all-important Xbox Live online gaming service. Now, unlike in later generations, Microsoft didn't release a slim version of its original Xbox console. But its controller went through a slimming process soon after its release when Microsoft replaced the original console's Hawking Duke controller with a much more compact controller S that had originally been the standard controller for the console's Japanese release. Then came the Xbox 360, which was a very different looking console to the original Xbox. It now came in white as standard and ditched the giant X shape in favor of minimal Xbox branding along the disc tray. Now the console was a huge success for Microsoft and it arguably became competitive with Sony's PlayStation for the first time. But the original machine was beset with problems that led to an estimated quarter of consoles experiencing some kind of hardware failure. Most common was the red ring of death because of the three red lights that would flash on the front of the console in case of a problem. Now Microsoft would later announce an extended warranty to deal with the issues and over the years numerous homebrew fixes for the issues would emerge online with sellers offering tools and replacement thermal paste to help users fix the problems themselves. Now, other notable hardware features of the original Xbox 360 included memory unit slots on the front of the console and an easily removable, although proprietary, hard drive on select models. Now, between the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One were the Xbox 360S and E consoles. Now, the Xbox 360S brought two or three significant advantages over the Xbox 360 especially if you include its slimmer dimensions. First off was that it offered a dedicated port for Microsoft's new Kinect peripheral, which allowed users to use the new motion tra tracking accessory without needing to power it from the wall separately. And second was that it was a hardware redesign that Microsoft hoped would put the 360's hardware failures clearly behind it. More minor changes included the introduction of the glossy black color scheme that Microsoft would continue to use well into the Xbox One generation, leaving behind the white coloring that had dominated the Xbox 360 lineup until then. Uh, it also benefited from the built-in Wi-Fi um, additions along with additional USB ports and it ditched the 360's proprietary hard drives in favor of the SATA, the SATA. Now, Microsoft released the final model of the Xbox 360e in June 2013, just months before it released the next-generation Xbox One. The 360e didn't bring with it much in the way of new features, but it had a new design that was in line with the upcoming next-gen console. Microsoft also announced that it would run quieter and cooler 
than previous 360 consoles. Now, with the Xbox One, Microsoft had ambitions for its video game console to act as a central hub for all your entertainment, rather than just games. At launch, it included a number of video streaming services, and there was the ability to route your cable box through the console to be able to use it to watch live TV, even while you are playing games. Now, early models also came bundled with a new version of the company's Kinect camera. The Xbox One never delivered the home entertainment revolution that Microsoft promised, and in the years after that, Microsoft would move away from these initiatives as it attempted to reposition the Xbox One as a gaming-first machine and close the extra $100 price gap with the competition. Now, there were subsequent variations with improvements. First was the Xbox One S, and although at first glance, the One S looks like a typical mid-generation slimdown, it also included some substantial upgrades over the original console. Top of the list, was the addition of a 4K Blu-ray player as well as support for 4K HDR video streaming services and the HDR support for games themselves. Now, by default, the One S also came in a bright white color scheme, which seemed to emphasize a clean break from the largely black and gray consoles that preceded it. Now, that's not to say it wasn't a much more compact console than the original Xbox One. In fact, it was 40% smaller according to Microsoft, but these upgrades were significant at a time when 4K capable disc players and streaming services were far less common and affordable than they are now. Now, Microsoft would later release a more affordable discless model in 2019. Now, originally teased under the codename Project Scorpio, the Xbox One X was meant as a way to bring 4K HDR gaming to Microsoft's One Xbox One without needing to usher in a whole new generation of Xbox consoles. Now, despite packing in far more graphical horsepower than either the original Xbox One or the One S, the Xbox One X still managed to be remarkably compact with a similar sharp rectangular design to the One S. Now, with the benefit of hindsight, it's interesting that Microsoft's initial promises that the console would be capable of VR never really came to pass, but it was tough to care given the performance upgrades the console offered over the original Xbox One, which even extended to some backward-compatible Xbox 360 and original Xbox games. Then you have the recent releases of the Xbox Series X and S. While it wasn't the first time that Microsoft has offered two tiers of console in a single generation, like the core edition of the Xbox 360, which came without a hard drive and had a wired controller, the Series S and Series X represent the most substantially different consoles Microsoft has ever released at the same time. Now, the Series X looks like the future, while the Series S looks much more like an evolution of the Xbox One S. Compared to the Series X, the Series S is smaller, targets 144p rather than 4K resolutions, and can only play digital versions of games thanks to its lack of a disk drive. But Microsoft's bet is that more budget-conscious gamers are unlikely to care when the console is available for almost half that of the more premium Xbox Series X.
the Series X's unique design may have drawn frequent comparisons to a fridge thanks to its wide upright design, but Microsoft doesn't seem to mind. It's even playfully embraced it with its fully functioning Xbox theme fridges. While its design is unlike anything that Microsoft has put out before, the Series X clearly draws inspiration from the clean lines and dark color scheme of the Xbox One X. That brings us to the end of part one of gaming consoles. Let us know in the comments section which console you use and why. Now in the next edition, we look at Nintendo gaming consoles over the years and the history of gaming on smartphones. My name is Jephta Kobidonko. This has been Respawn on EAN. Shouts to my camera guy, Savia Donko. And to you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell another friend to tell his other friend and family. And uh, let's keep this going. Cheers. Thank <laughs> you.